0: Previously on Anything Goes. As I've grown from a comedian, I mean, it, 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 it bugs me when, uh, you know, when people just quote that first uh, Tim Hortons bit that I did 13 years ago, you know, Bovine Betty with the Country White Ass. Because right, right. I've hit my tipping point, and uh, I knew that things were changing when Canada was so hungry for icons and mythologies that you couldn't make fun of a fucking donut. What the Jesus is the country coming to right. when this this company, owned by Americans, has managed to wrap themselves in the Canadian flag while they wrap our heart in a three-pound fist of donut fat? Right. You know, uh, double cream, double sugar. What the... What? Fucking bilge water from a Russian tanker filtered through a prostitute's pantyhose would taste good after double cream, double sugar. And you take those chances, and you... But, to but, me, it's audacious that that is seen as sacrilege, and that's seen as heresy and treason in this country. What the fuck? Fucking get your perspective in order, will you? But my
1: my thing is, if you don't, like, you've worked hard to get your crowd coming to see you. If you don't take those artistic chances, aren't you really wasting your time? Absolutely. It's like Louis C.K. No one goes to see Louis C.K. because they're like, oh, let's just go see. Everyone's there to see Louis C.K. do Do what what he he does does, and what he wants to do. And
2: now, let's get to a new exciting show. true, if you just believe it. Just my hand.
3: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for some laughs? Are you?
2: Now with 20% more brand to keep you regular. From the bump, this is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the fuck am I funny? And Dave Martin. What have we got here, fucking comedian? Can you dig it?
3: Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Anything Goes for the week of December 18th, 2013. Getting uh, closer and closer to the new year, 2014. This week, we are Darren Frost free once again. But don't you worry. We have a interview with Daryl Mack that Darren and I did uh, when we were out uh, working at the Calgary Club. And, uh, yeah, again, I didn't really know that much about Daryl, but... Uh, uh, good all around guy motorcycle guy comedy guy he has his own little festival going that he does out in the uh, in i want to say out in the woods but it's not it's not the woods it's not just an open field he will talk more about it uh during the little interview um but uh you know, we did this in calgary and um the time that we were Darren and i were out there um well how can i describe uh we um and I know that every year in Canada, that uh, it always gets cold, uh, but we you know, somehow we are also always still surprised. It's like, oh my god, it's November and it's cold out. I can't believe this happened last year as well. But when we first got to Calgary, uh, the Thursday night that we were there, it was nice. We had a good show. It was cool jacket weather. We could walk around. And then the morning, uh, see, I don't like the I don't like the overnight major weather changes. It's like the next morning, uh, boom, it was like a foot of snow on the ground. And I, I said this while I was out there I said uh, weather wise it was like going uh, to bed with a beautiful woman and then waking up and finding that she had a dick and a beard and uh, it was like going to sleep with uh, Pamela Anderson and waking up with Tommy Chong and, uh, I mean, if Tommy Chong just came in and served me breakfast, that would be okay. But because I'd be like, oh, hey, let's talk about, uh, Chi Jin Chong, but I'd actually to wake up beside Tommy Chong and to know, were, you'd be like, oh, what point did you turn to Chommy Chong overnight? Did I go to bed with Pamela Anderson and there was some sexy time with her or, uh, was it, uh, as soon as she got between the sheets, all of a sudden it turned into Chong? Who knows? But, uh, that was my big metaphor describing the weather out there, um, and I should mention that Darren Frost is going to be um, in Ottawa uh, this New Year's Eve, uh, performing at the X Yuck Club on Elgin Street there. Uh, so you can go and check out Darren Frost on New Year's with uh, Derek's again. Go and get your tickets now. I'm sure that show will sell out. But uh, go and check out Mr. Frost on uh, that evening, and go up to him afterwards and tell him that you listen to the show and how much you hope it continues. And uh, and uh, you know you can leave my name out of it, but just tell him how, just tell Darren how much you like him. Uh this is the first segment of our Daryl Mack interview. Uh we start off talking a little bit about conspiracy theories, but um basically along the lines of uh and I know that Sandy Hook had this as well that a lot of people thought oh man this this is a government uh, conspiracy and it's a false flag and then people when they people when they notice that the, the same people keep showing up to give their uh eyewitness opinions. Um, and I guess he was comparing that to one of the LAX shootings and uh, that happened uh, just a couple weeks ago. And uh, how the person that they interviewed uh, at 9-11 looked a lot like the same person. But uh, here we go. Uh, with, this is the first segment of uh, our interview with Daryl Mack. We get uh, talk about a little bit about the mayor and immigration. And uh, this is the first segment. Anything goes for the week of December 18th. Take it away, Darren and Dave and Daryl. We, we mentioned the global warming thing. We were talking about what was the conspiracy, not the conspiracy theory, but you, the guy who was in LAX yesterday with oh, the shooting. Yeah, uh, actually, before you before you say that, okay, do your thing about the say what was the guy that was.
4: I, I saw a link through uh, Facebook and. Um- a guy, I think it was Max Malone, I can't remember, he does, did this video, and he had an, an interviewee from the LAX shooting mm-hmm. who looked and sounded exactly like a guy who was interviewed when the towers fell. And it was just interesting because the voice matched, the mannerisms, and mm-hmm. the way he just flowed with conversation like it was like almost scripted. This, yeah. guy, this guy knew too much for somebody who was just part of a tragedy. It was really a fascinating video and raises questions.
3: Yeah. No, and you know, because uh, I saw they showed a little bit of that footage from the shooting that happened. The guy shot someone in the TSA. Um, he killed one guy, yep. And then, then, then all the cops were there. Shot the you know perpetrator a bunch of times. Shot him in the face. It was just funny. <laughs> it was funny that uh, they, um, on the news they were saying, we don't have a lot of statements from uh, you know, um, the, uh, the perpetrator of this crime, um, uh, and he's uh, not giving us any more statements. And then they listed off his injuries, and I guess he got shot in the face a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, I think he's probably not going to comment too much more after being shot in the face. <laughs> You're probably not quick to be like, hey, I, I want to talk to the press now. But yeah. the, you, getting shot in the face usually holds you back from uh, a lot of commentary. The, uh, the other thing that I thought was funny about when they were showing the uh, footage on Fox News, all the TMZ cameras have the most footage of people running out of that airport. Oh, because they all... were
1: there ready for celebrities or yeah, whatever. Cause yeah,
3: because they, they got guys that just hang out at, yeah. at the airport to get like, hey, Jennifer Lopez is getting off of a, a plane. And so, of course, those are the people that have all the footage So you're seeing all these people run away in terror with the watermark logo of TMZ over top of it. (laughs) Well played.
4: Good advertising for them, I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. They're going to scoop a story and and make any tragedy into something more uh, joyful.
4: Uh, So what
3: um, – where are we? Well, uh, the one thing I wanted to talk about is –
1: with all the Rob Ford uh, fiasco now and the love for your mayor, do you are you a big fan of your mayor? Because everyone in, in the rest of the country is so bragging about how Calgary's got this great mayor, how he handled the whole flood and all that, and all the the um, you know the, the the press news for that. and And are you a fan of your mayor?
4: For the most part, I am. Uh, except he doesn't tweet back when I tweet to him. So <laughs> that's your biggest Nancy, problem. if uh, Daddy Mac <laughs> says something to you on Twitter, you better sit up and listen. Uh, for the most part, he's doing some good stuff. He gets a little bit too uh, warm, soft, fuzzy, uh, I guess, liberals label that society puts on him. And trying to right. do all the, the stuff good for society. He took out some lanes on roads and put in bicycle lanes. And all that does is encourage the idiots to ride their bicycles 365 days a year. And as you can see outside, it's not you know conducive to bicycling. We get these idiots that ride. And if they come sliding out into traffic and I hit them with my car, it goes against me and my insurance. So... Uh, ease off on the bike lanes unless you go off they, the road. Does it if they
1: come out of the lane and into your lane for whatever reason you hit them? That affects your insurance.
4: Well, it's going to go on my insurance because they're not insured for the road. So absolutely, it's going to right. affect whether I'm in the right or wrong. It's going to be a claim against me, and I don't like that. Uh, right. I I love the bike path system here. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think bicycles and 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 heavy traffic should be mixed. It's just not safe.
3: I mean, but there, there yeah, there is that uh, full. Philosophy, not philosophy, but there is that sort of theory that like if you put a bike a bicycle lane uh, on a, a strip off highway or a strip of heavy uh, or a strip of road where there's a lot of heavy traffic, it almost implies, well, now it's safe to ride your bike here. Well, it's probably not safe, no. and...
1: Then, oh, yeah, I wouldn't want to ride then, a bike down McLeod Trail. Oh, hell no.
3: Well, in the, but, but then if you put a bike trail in there, people are going to think it's safe, and then it's like, then you actually, then you got to have all these surprised, uh, you know, uh, uh, drivers who are like, what? Now people are riding their bikes here, and it, it's just that, uh, you know, when you, uh, when you just sort of believe that someone's going to be watching out for right. you, you know, it's like, it's, When you see people crossing the street on on a cell phone and they don't even acknowledge the traffic and people just sort of step out and just be like, everyone will watch out for
1: me. I've got the green. It doesn't matter. The the thing with Calgary
4: is, and I I think I've got the figure fairly close, we have the most extensive paved bicycle pathway system in North America with over 700 kilometers of paved roads just for bikes away from traffic. So it makes no sense to start introducing them right alongside busy commuter lanes. And he did one coming down through you Now that that wasn't in agreement with that. But um, getting back to the mayor for the most part, yeah, he's pretty damn cool.
1: Um, now, how uh... – Well, I don't know about cool. I mean, smoking, crack and partying pretty hard is pretty oh, cool. well, <laughs> that's your mayor. Yeah. I'm talking yeah, about my worried. mayor. Yeah, yeah I know. That's what I'm saying. You're talking about cool. I don't know. Well, eh... –
3: and, again, if you smoke crack once in an alcoholic blackout, I understand. You don't argue. Yeah, but, that's Dave, cool. but I, that's Dave Martin cool. That's Dave I never cool. said it was cool. I said I understand <laughs> it. You know, that's like saying, oh, man, I, got, I punched a guy out and I was really drunk. I don't even remember doing it. Well, hey, it's still not
4: cool to punch someone out. But yeah, I drank you, with that guy. You were right to punch him out.
3: Yeah, exactly. But, but um, it, it, how do you – was there any sort of racist sort of backlash to sort of the mayor that you that, – that yeah. Came
4: in. Oh, it was, it was stupid. Just read the Calgary Sun comments whenever there's anything about City Hall, and you can just tell these guys are just one step away from putting on a pointed hood with their attitude. And right, I don't care that he's Muslim or or you know he was born here. Right. Yeah. And he he's not trying to bring anything of his religion into uh, City Hall, which right. that's great. I mean, he's here to run a tight ship, to keep the economy flowing, to keep taxes down, and stop the urban sprawl, which I'm all for. And uh, but there is a backlash against him just because he's not how do white. you stop
1: the urban sprawl when calgary or or Alberta has been booming for the past 20 years it is a dilemma I mean population growth has obviously gone up oh yeah and how do you and you know um, you know the oil industry is not going anywhere anytime soon you know so how do you balance that I mean you lived how many years have you lived here now
4: this is my fourth time living here and all told I've probably lived uh, in the city. Th- Close to 20 years, 20
1: years over a period of how long, 30 years?
4: Yeah, well, right. I lived here twice as a as a kid and then moved back in my adolescence. Right, so you've
1: seen that kind of oh, yeah. urban landscape change drastically, right? I have. And it's easy to say, oh, let's not do this because, you know, but if you got this population growth, immigration, you know, for the jobs and all the other things. I mean, one of the big things that we always laugh at as Eastern Kongs so we would come out here is we'd play towns, and they'd have signs out front of McDonald's going, $18 an hour, we pay for your lunch, we pay for your uniform, you know? It's like that kind of idea, that can't be well, an easy beast to, to No,
4: well the oil patch snapped up all the good help so right. if you don't, you know, throw eighteen dollars an hour out there, no one's gonna work at your fast food restaurant. That's right. Uh, it's kind of sad, but as a guy who's not a fan of fast food, ha-ha, doesn't really bother no, no, me. I just,
1: I just mean every level of job now mm-hmm. is so expensive, and that the, the, you know, to pay for that, you have to have an, infl- an influx of people because, like you said, all the people who are here are going to take the good jobs at the oil factories. So the, the smaller jobs or the jobs that don't take as much education will go to immigrants, and if you don't have them, who are going to do those jobs?
4: But you're talking about immigration, and and I was talking about stopping urban sprawl.
1: But that's my point, is to to fill those jobs means you have to have an influx of people. the
4: sprawl I mean about how we build these neighborhoods way the hell out in butt-fuck field, and then there's no infrastructure. I'd rather, what they're doing now, and and the previous council's mayor, I believe, was part of this project, and it's continued forth, and then she's behind it, is building up inner-city neighborhoods, like every sea train stop will be almost like a miniature downtown so they can condense some of the population, a lot like Toronto. The, so the are you talking are,
1: about you'd prefer to build up than out?
4: To a certain extent, yes. And when they do build out, make it walkable. I'm in one of the earlier, well, earlier, so 15, 20-year-old suburb. And I can actually walk to as many things as downtown, as living downtown, but I don't have, like, the homeless and the panhandlers and all that. Right. And it's a well-designed neighborhood, I think, by fluke. But I can walk to just about anything you name it: restaurant, uh, pubs, uh, bank, you know, type of stores. I got three different grocery stores, including one uh, Asian market specialty store. It's just huge. T and T. and T. That's oh, the one. Oh, yeah. I love the T and T. Yeah, I got Great. one walking distance, and that neighborhood is a good example of how to do it. And I've lived in the ones out in the burbs where, gee, I'm out of milk. I guess I should get in the car and go get some, of course, or right. buy a cow. Yeah,
3: yeah. The know, uh, when I when I first landed uh, in Calgary from Toronto. Uh, actually, you know, it's, it's funny. Like, Darren brings up uh, the the how much people are getting paid for, like, sort of low-end jobs. Yeah. As Thankfully, as... it trickles down into comedy. <laughs> yeah, well.
5: The, uh, but actually, you know, it's funny.
3: My first time out here, uh, I had, like, a big – of course, you know, you get days off. And I remember walking around going, like, and every place was hiring. Yeah. I almost felt like just getting a job just so I could quit it for, like, three days later. I was like, yeah, <laughs> you probably could have. Yeah, well, I was like, oh, I'll go work at Pizza I'll Hut for three days. Then it. I'll go off to Cranbrook and then uh, go back to my Pizza Hut gig. All right, that was the first segment of the interview that we did with Daryl Mack. This is Anything Goes for the week of December 18th, 2013. And uh, we will be right back uh, right after these words.
2: They're semi-professional comedians hosting a reasonably decent show in a professional radio station. So don't try this crap at home. This is Anything Goes...
3: This is Paul Hartman, and you're listening to Darren Frost and Dave Martin on Anything
5: Goes on Canada Labs. Oh.
2: Bite the pillow, it's going in dry. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. And Dave Martin. All
3: right. We are back from the break. This is Anything Goes for the week of December 18th. My name is Dave Martin, and we are Darren Frost free this week. Uh, Darren is uh, at home, I'm sure, with his family trolling the Internet, finding things to be mad about. And um, but uh, I hope uh, to uh, see him back here in the studio soon. But we are uh, showcasing some of the interviews that we did with uh, comedians while we were at West doing the club out in Calgary. And um, this week is uh, Daryl Mack, the very, very funny Mr. Daryl Mack. And uh, we're going to throw to the second segment of our interview where we chat more about uh, a little bit more about the uh, the mayor of Calgary and our crazy mayor in Toronto, Rob Ford. And we uh, chat about motorcycles, and uh, and uh, we talk a little bit about the comedy festival that he has out in Alberta. I think it was Alberta. Anyways, we'll find out more about it um, during this little conversation piece. So here we go. Continue on, Daryl Mack and Darren. What was funny was that uh, so I, I land in, in Calgary, and uh, the whole mayor thing uh, with the Toronto mayor was going on, and I just I saw it on the airplane. And then, um, while I, I won't say who it was, but I was I was talking with someone and asking about you know just referencing our mayor and your mayor and like uh, and after when the floods happened here, um, the you know the news that we were getting in Toronto was like what an amazing job your mayor is doing and all that stuff and, I'm, and, I'm, and I believe that that was true. Uh, but when I was asking this guy about your mayor and he just said, uh, well, you know, he got a good opportunity with the flood, and then <laughs> someone and then. Said that. Once the fucking, uh, once the mics are off, I I can tell you who. Um, But he was like, uh, well, he got a good opportunity with the flood. You know, he's a good janitor. And I was sort of like,
2: whoa, that's... That's harsh.
3: And janitor's not even... You could tell that that wasn't like an endearing thing to say about someone. Well, one
4: one thing he has taught us uh, is how to tap into the youth. We have had more young people vote because of him, which I think is great. Of course. And he's also shown how to use social media as a politician, which helped him a lot during the flood. Right. Because there was a lot of social media when TVs were out, you know, I mean, there's no uh, power in a lot of places, but your cell phone could still run off the car. And that's what I think he did a lot through that. Yeah. Well,
3: it's, it's and you know, it's a, uh, there's a lot to be said about like a community organizer. That was, that was always sort of, it was always funny when, like, the right-wing people in the states would take shots at Barack Obama being like, what, he's a community organizer? What that, What's that all about? And then, then people from the left would be like, oh, like Abraham Lincoln, who was a community organizer? Okay, yeah, that guy. And then, of course, Obama wins once and he wins again. And then they're sort of like, oh, maybe that community organizer is a pretty decent title to have. But, uh, I, I mean, I, I applaud your merit, and I really... I would not be surprised if he wasn't, like, in prime minister in, like, 10 years. You know, well, if he's still at a part least of the Premier King.
4: first help fix this province. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, uh, well, if we can talk about our Premier here of Alberta, uh, Ellison Redford, or fraud as I call her. Hey. Man, uh, all she care- caters to is oil and gas, is all I ever see. Yeah. And we've done that too much. We need diversification, because I was here during the first big uh, national energy policy that killed not only Alberta's economy, it sent the whole country into a... a a recession right. right and we can't be dependent on just oil and gas like tv and film could be massive here and we're slowly getting them over but they don't do the incentives to get them out here because we've got great locations for outdoor oh, of shoots yeah you, know, you want a desert we've got it you want the plains rolling hills forests, mountains lakes it's all here yeah well that's
3: uh yeah that's the that's the uh that's the thing it's uh, we, you know everyone always talks about like uh like, hey, what if a, when aliens were coming to, hey, wouldn't it be great if aliens came down and was just like, well, I think we should sort of get our shit together as the human race. Yeah. And if the aliens were sort of like, what, you're still pulling fossil fuels out of the ground <laughs> Yeah. destroying your own planet for so you can run your little automobiles around? Okay, yeah, yeah you, you've really progressed. You really are the, the more dominant species.
4: And you've created a
3: division of between rich and poor that you know. Now, before
1: you were a comic, you were a truck driver, right?
4: Actually, while I was uh, a comic, I was a truck driver. It was a part-time job to help make uh, family commitments. Uh, Right, right. Two kids, and you know, paying the child support and trying to put a roof over my head. Sure, I would do the truck driving. So when I got back, I actually was in the industry for a short period just before uh, a big chain of comedy clubs swept across the nation. Right, way back in the '80s when the booms were happening, I was in it for a couple of years and got married and dropped out to try marriage didn't work, got back in part time and trucking was what I did. So I got to see a lot of the country and I spent a lot of time in the cab. So did
1: you drive like your truck right across the country or was it mainly Alberta?
4: Oh no, I went uh, down to the lower 48 states and everything. Oh, okay. So I had a lot of time to observe uh, the s- society and I would sit there with a pocket recorder and I would record jokes, 80%, which would go into the trash, 20% would hit the stage and then 80% of that was just, it was just a narrowing down process. Right. But I, I used the trucking to help supplement my income and at times i actually drove some rigs right to the gig
5: yeah yeah i can do that (laughs) yeah (laughs)
4: <laughs> I was like, I, I got to like, be here for the weekend, dispatcher. I was like, we got a load. Great, see you Monday. And... <laughs> well, I just,
3: I love that idea of like, uh, hey, uh, where's the comic? Brrr, this gigantic, massive truck <laughs> pulling up. And like,
4: holy shit! Cloud I, of smoke be, if you be, open the door. It'd be funny if you, yeah, you said that. Oh, you're, no, I'd be parked at a hotel somewhere and just take a cab down.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it'd be funny if, like, if, if you said to the <laughs> people running the gig, "Listen, I'm a prop act. i got to bring a couple of things <laughs> with me." And then you pull up in this huge. Oh man, what the fuck is? <laughs> I don't know if you're gonna be able to fit all those props in here. Yeah. So can we get a
1: tow motor? I gotta take something out of the back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I gotta like, crank up my closer <laughs> a,
3: a, like an, a rip cord to operate your closer. That was a, actually it was one gig that I remember having once where uh, I was supposed to share a hotel room and the guy was like a prop act and he had a whole bunch of. And I was just like, ah, not, I can't do this. No. It's like, no, I just didn't want to be in the same room with him and his props.
4: It's like, <laughs> it's, like it's like living in a bad garage sale. Nobody's visiting. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, do you ever miss it, like doing the trucking? Because I mean, you know, it's a it's a way of life, and you get to see.
4: I missed some of the travel. It's it's a very interesting way to look at uh, society from the, the seat of a rig because you see things from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And I also got to see all the inner workings of uh, how consumable our economy is and the the vast quantities. Yeah. And driving them was actually kind of fun sometimes. It was neat to be out there and, you know, shifting 13 gears on 85,000 pounds and just going, yeehaw. Yeah. But the politics of the industry, uh, you know, it's now you, everyone's subject to peeing in a bottle and uh, – the DOT rules are getting stricter and stricter. What are the
3: DOT rules?
4: Uh, DOT rules on hours of service and everything else. Like how Don't long you can drive transport. and yeah. all
1: that stuff. Like the, yeah. Back then, I'm sure, it's like you could fudge the numbers, you could drive for 14 hours exactly. in a Exactly,
4: and, and when you can't fudge the numbers or drive for those extra hours that you are awake... You can't make as much money. Yes. And, and back to the uh, immigrants, uh, there are a lot of new people to North America that have massive amounts of money from back home, and they are just work horses. And they are going in and buying up companies, and they will cut the rates that it was hard for other companies to, to match. Right. And so these guys would work for cheaper. And companies are like, we can't afford drivers and can't afford to uh, haul your freight. Right. And that was the other thing, too. Is I just saw the money dropping, the rules increasing, and the fund just went out of it.
1: Right. But then you kind of switched over because now you're the, you're the kind of motorcycle enthusiast so you can oh, kind yeah. of travel. Yeah. I know you have the show, the internet show, so you can yeah. now, yeah, I guess you've kind of flipped it over to that side now and being able to see the country that way.
3: And you can't probably transport as much on a motorcycle, so you can't say to someone, listen, I can take your load from here to here, but <laughs> right. I'm going to have to go back and forth a couple of times. I only got those two big saddlebags on my, uh, on my...
4: Well, I tell you, I could do more shows if I could figure out a way to get a sound system along, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, yeah, on my web series, The Planet Tour, i I live off my bike, and everything I have is on the bike. And this year it was six and a half uh, weeks that I did the tour. Right. And living out of and a it tent. And it went from where to where? I went down as far as uh, Fort Bragg, California, and okay. then played around in the Redwoods for a bit, and did uh, as far west as Tofino okay. on Vancouver Island. And then in Alberta and BC, I kept it all in the west. Oh, you kept uh, it in the west? Uh, as yeah, time? I didn't do a cross country trip because I uh, didn't have the time to set it up, and the logistics were just too much to do. Right. And I had to move in August, which didn't help. So I had to be back here to pack. And then up just everything.
1: recently, you taped the special for No Kidding, right? You just did yeah, a, just a this no weekend yep. Yeah. And how did that go?
4: It was great. It was fun. I met some comics that I only knew through Facebook or didn't even know of except by name. And right. uh, they had a packed house. It's a neat little room. And now I've got some new video coming, which I desperately needed.
3: Right. Yeah, I, you know what? It, it's so weird because there was a, a, there's a Spirits, a, a room in Toronto. Uh, I know it, yeah. That, yeah, and uh, there was literally a show one night that I was on, and it was almost like the Facebook friends I've never met show. <laughs> was, everyone was on It was like, All right, with I do Friends that person? I know that. That. I know that profile photo and I know that. It's like, oh, this is, it's really weird when you've corresponded with people you've never met yeah. and you only know them from that little photo that they give you. Yeah. yeah and, or the few status updates that run through your feed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, that's, that's cool. I, I I would like to do myself one of those no kidding tapings. I think uh, I've seen them, the sort of the, the the eventual product, and it looks really nice.
4: Yeah, no, I was happy to do it, and uh, I got to meet uh, Tyler Morrison, the guy who runs that Cottage Country Fest. Yeah, great guy. Which yeah. He's been I've on been the wanting show. to get into, and it looks like you know we've been talking, and hopefully I can organize my tour because I want to come out east this year. Right. To get right to. Um, well, Digby, Nova Scotia. Summer, so yeah, yeah. Across in the summer, yeah. Yeah. To make my way to Digby, Nova Scotia for like the end of uh, August, and then from there, I want to start working my way down the east coast of the U.S.
3: Okay. I just want to ask you, like, what as as a motorcycle rider, um, how what happens when it's like
4: pouring, pouring rain out? Like, can you ride in pouring rain?
3: I'm oh yeah. One, oh yeah. Can?
4: yeah um, how is, is that oh, scary first, first or, let me explain yeah, yeah. why I ride it's a drug like comedy you get yeah. that instant gratification when you drop a good joke in a room with a hot audience that's with you and you get that payoff it's just the best feeling no no, what, no what's that like I don't <laughs> <laughs> right, there's some videos but, of some comics yeah. I'll send you links yeah. what is that and, like and motorcycling when you get on that perfect road with bank corners and no traffic and just the right temperature it's just and you, you know you go past like some cedar trees you smell it instantly yeah. you get this instant gratification it's like that No. When I mean, you get to the rainstorms, they're just like those shit rooms and you've got a bunch of drunken hecklers and you're going to plow through and do it anyway. Right. You have to do this gig because you're trying to make rent and it's part of a tour. You just do it. No, and, I know exactly and, what that's Yeah,
3: about, that's so. a career. And
4: I've, I have been doing research over the years with all my uh, motorcycles. I think I've racked up about a quarter million kilometers in five, six years. Mm-hmm. So I've tested gear and I now have uh, got myself touring gear that – When it rains, I just make sure my zippers are closed. The jacket is waterproof. Uh, I have an electric liner jacket I put underneath for cold weather. How
1: does braking work? I mean, it's not like a car, you know. It's I mean, the the idea of, are you more of a chance of falling off when it's heavy, heavy rain?
4: Well, you do have the risk of hydroplaning just like a car. Uh, My last three bikes have had anti-lock brakes, which does work uh, very well on a motorcycle. And you just reduce your speed, increase your awareness, because you know you can't just... Lean into a corner right away. You can't wash out, but yeah. it's at the point where you go: Do I really need to be on the road to get there, or can yeah. I pull off and have a coffee? And I see a coffee shop, and a, it's pissing rain. I'll sit Wait there for an hour, hour or sure. whatever it right. takes, and get back on the bike.
3: Yeah, because it's just like we had. You now, where do where do you, we had? Uh, James Moore was in. Yeah, and we were chatting with him. He's also a uh, uh, motorcycle. Yeah, we've done Jesus. some trips. Yeah, we've done um, some
4: trips. He got me hooked on touring.
3: Oh yeah, no. Where do you, Where do you? We talked a little bit with him about the helmet laws. Uh, where do you stand on the uh, helmet laws?
4: Well, I started riding when I lived in Winnipeg, and and Manitoba was the last province to get the helmet law. And right. I went to the rallies to keep it out. I th- I believe in freedom of choice, but I also believe in education and and smart choices for your own uh, well-being. I mean, yeah, you might be able to ride without a helmet. But is it a good idea? When I'm stuck in heavy traffic and it's like 35 Celsius, yeah, it's a good idea to take the helmet off. When I'm going down the highway, hell no. I've taken bugs in the face at that speed, and it hurts. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. taken a yeah. bird in the helmet. I wouldn't want to have taken that on a better skull. I never
1: thought about like I, I was always very much, I think a helmet should be mandatory because it's like you can't tell what el- some other driver is going to do, and then right. you fall off, you could die, or the insurance costs and all that. But I never thought about it yet. Like you're just... You know, it's slower traffic, and it's hot, and you just want to take your helmet off, and now you Yeah, can. because you overheat. Right. I never yeah. thought about that.
4: I think I think mandatory eye protection of a, of a certain grade of quality is more important than a helmet because you can get so much stuff in your eye at just 60 clicks an hour where you're now blind. I don't Yo, care if yeah. you've got a helmet or not. You're now yeah. in a two-wheel missile, so you should have proper eye goggles. You should have a jacket at the very least, and I think it should be illegal to ride a motorcycle with a T-shirt. I mean, I don't want to see those health bills on... The provinces tab, right, yeah, exactly. Right. Well, and, the- and you can buy mesh gear. I bought one uh, this year. I bought one online. It was like 129 bucks. It's got CE approved armor in the in the shoulders and elbows, but the front panels are pure mesh of. Uh, ballistic nylon so they've got an abrasive quality but you get f- free-flowing air plus you don't have the sun beating down on your back black jacket, so they're actually yeah. Uh, cooler yeah and you've got protection and i i don't understand these guys but well you know if your time is up your time is up we'll take your time somewhere else we will get off my highway yeah
3: i know that like people sometimes argue with the helmet laws because they think that like is are you looking out for biker safety or is it like uh um, it's an easily it ticketable like an e- offense. That's it, what it is. It's, or, and then people are like, "Oh well, they're most, mostly enforced in, uh, uh, by uh, insurance companies. Mm. That they're they're the ones that really want the biker the, the helmet yeah. laws to be in place." And so you're sort of wondering, well, you know, who's got a bigger say in it—insurance companies or the people that are actually riding the bikes? So well,
4: for most uh, most applications that you should be wearing a helmet, I think you know once you once you get above walking speed or slow speed and, and it's not a super hot day. And I have ridden without a helmet, but even back uh, when I first started riding in Winnipeg, it was back in the 80s, uh, I, had, I had a rule. My helmet went on if the road had a speed limit of 60 kilometers an hour or more. Yeah. Because now we're getting into where shit goes wrong and it goes wrong right. fast. It could just yeah. be a giant beetle hit you in the forehead and cut you open. Now you got blood in your eye and you've got a, a pickup truck moving into your lane. Well, you just added to your problems. So.
5: Right, right. Now, How, oh, sorry. You go. Right there,
1: um, right uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, your festival that you run in the summertime because it is I have to very... stop you there. It's
4: not a festival. It's a comedy concert. Okay, comedy concert. So. That's even better. You
3: know, I like that. It's a comedy, cool. concert,
4: comedy concert, concert vacation right, experience. Right, yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I called it a festival. Fine. You yeah. can go with that. I understand the difference, and I'm glad you did make that difference. But it's a very unique situation because it's not just hey, we come into a town, we're doing a bar. And that's it. And we move on to the next town. Right. Right. Uh, just explain how this started and how it's kind of ballooned up now over the, what's it been uh, eight I, years now?
4: No, we're coming into our ninth year. So, yeah, we've been running for eight years. Right. And it started uh, eight years ago when I got tired of a certain. Um, agent in Calgary um, let's just call her Ms. Cunt <laughs> okay. right. and she would lie to us and go oh summer's slow people don't want comedy get yeah. a part-time job and I'm thinking wow Ms. My Cunt head, gets
1: around I've, I've heard that a lot yeah a lot and, I,
4: and I'm thinking in my head I'm a headline act for the club and the agency I don't think the clients need to see me in a restaurant serving or something else I mean I was considering myself as a professional entertainer so there's a motorcycle campground out near Nelson called Toad Rock and it's a wonderful place you don't have to be a rider; just don't show up with a RV and you'll fit in if you show up in a tent in a car it's some of the coolest travelers and they had this outdoor pavilion which was an awesome it was kind of like a bar but it's not a licensed bar it was a a big deck with seating a pool table and there was a roof suspended by four live trees and it had a, a stage off to one side and they would set up this little amphitheater picnic tables and once once in a while they would do a concert in there so I asked them about doing comedy and they said sure let's try it so four of us rented a car Loaded up a bunch of stuff, went out there for the weekend, and did one show and had a great time, and it kept building, and then I believe it was three years ago, we moved it across the lake to Crawford Bay because people weren't coming out in the numbers we wanted because some people don't like to camp, and some people were still afraid because it was a biker campground, so we moved it into Crawford Bay, so you still had camping. But you had chalets, motels, there's bed and breakfast, there's a hotel by a golf course, you got all that stuff, plus plus little artisan shops, and it's been growing from there, and the community's getting behind it. So we do it two nights outdoors, there's a, a band to kick it off, and this year we're looking at having an outdoor barbecue dinner when the bands come on so you can come come in at 7 o'clock and have an outdoor barbecue because it's about being outside in the mountains.
3: Yeah. Well, you, know, you said it was like uh, people weren't going to the one particular place because it was at a, a biker? Well,
4: it's a motorcycle campground, so some yeah. people have this fear of bikers, and there's other people who don't well, like Why to would camp. they have
5: that? Well, see, I don't know because there's certain, <laughs> certain bikers well that
4: do either. look scary, I guess, and there are some bikers that are associated to crime, and, and that's what and people will just. And TV shows at.
1: that portray them in a certain way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But the
4: knows. place is a great camp. I took my kids there when they were only single digit ages, and they just wander around, talk to anyone. It's the most. It's the most safe campground I've <laughs> ever been at. Like you can leave the keys in your car with your wallet on your dash, and someone will go. Right. Leave you a note. Hey, I hid the wallet under your sleep bags and no one would see it or something. It was that kind of a place.
5: Yeah.
3: Well, that's the thing. There was like in Toronto, they had like a there was a Hell's Angels uh, clubhouse, right? That they uh, set up, and then some people were in the neighborhood were like, "Oh no, that's going to bring bring violence to the neighborhood." And it was like, "The probably the safest place you could oh, live God, yeah. would be right next door to yep. the Hell's Angels' <laughs> yeah, place because yeah. like
4: no one's gonna." You so think anyone's going to come Sergeant in and to use a, a case of beer? I'll be gone for a week and watch my place. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're not going to bother you.
3: No, and it's their clubhouse. It's yeah. not like they're not going to be doing any deals in there. That's just they're pulling up, hanging out, and that's it. I mean, yeah. they're not there anymore. Uh, but you know what's amazing is, like, if you go to where that clubhouse is, there isn't one person that has spray-painted anything on that building, and they're still on the front door. There's still the Hells Angels lo- like logo, logo that they have, what? untouched. And you're just like like wow. I mean that's that's the sign of a safe neighborhood if no one's gonna be like hey, I'm going to just write my name on this building. And, you know, then you, you, I expect yeah. that you'd probably see the next morning, you'd see like like a severed arm with a can of spray paint in yeah. his hand.
5: <laughs>
4: I'm just like, this is a warning. This is still well, our place. It's, it's weird that attitude does uh, go out of society. And usually the, those biker gangs are usually Harley riders. And I, right now I'm riding a BMW to have Suzuki's and Kawasaki's. But I, I was sharing a house with a biker buddy for about a year and a half. And we would have these barbecues and all our motorcycle friends would come over. Wasn't one Harley there? It was all this different? We had BMWs, Ducatis, Triumphs. Everything was there, and the neighbors. More sport bikes and hogs. Yeah, sport bikes and, right. and touring bikes. Sport yeah, touring yeah, bikes, yeah, touring and bikes, yeah. the neighbors thought we were a gang. We could leave the door wide open and go away for a weekend, and someone would come up and close it for us. It was yeah. it was so if it scared them into leaving the place alone, whatever. Yeah, right. But that perception. Was affecting the KGB and also was mostly the camping. Some people don't like to camp. Uh, We call them bad zombie apocalypse survivors. And they want, you know, a hotel room with flush toilets right off the end of their bed. Fine. So now we have that. And and it's. Well, now the
1: option. If you want to camp, I'm sure you still can camp there. Yep. And if you want to live a little better than that or have a little weekend away, you can have that. You can even fly a private plane
4: right into that town. They got their own little airstrip. (laughs)
3: <laughs> now, what, does it ever surprise you when you go to, like, a venue and just say, uh, hey, have you guys ever thought of comedy here? And they're almost like, wow, no, we haven't. That just always seems like it's – because it's such a – like, who doesn't like comedy? You know, you could have a country music festival and right. people who are like, well, especially ah, like out here, music. I mean,
1: those places have been mined so much out here versus other parts you of, of the You still find places. I'm sure you
5: still do. You do, do.
4: And, and if you're going to a bar venue, the ownership – changes quite often but i think comedy needs to go out of the bar unless bar owners can learn how to be a proper venue yeah it's not just sticking a guy in the corner with a microphone while the hockey game's still on yeah i mean we don't have a zamboni going on when your hockey game's going on so don't put a zamboni on our ice you're just you're ruining the show Right, right 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 Yeah, so we're a lot of guys out here are going for banquet halls and doing fundraisers and you get a charity involved and it's yeah. a dinner show and the charity helps sell tickets and you get people that are there for the event in the same towns. Like Darren, you've done a lot of these oh, towns yeah, right. You just wanted to throw rocks at them. Yeah. And now you can go back in the same town and, and you, you become a rock star. You're in this big hall and all yeah. the all the locals are like, This is where special things happen, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, eight, 15 years ago I did Canmore. It was horrible, and I'm sure now I could probably go back to Canmore and be an amazing show, you know. It depends but, on
4: which venue you right, go to. Right, exactly. You it's know? always been that way. I mean, there's horrible venues in Calgary, and there's great venues in Calgary. I just find
1: it very interesting that your uh, concert nights, or whatever you want to call it, is outdoors, because yep. that's not something that really is perceived as comedy-friendly, Comedy friendly, comedy friendly yeah. because the laughs just kind of shoot out, out into the air, and it's not the same as it coming at you. You know, it's more of a, a – and, and also outdoors outdoorsy. Is it it starts all at night? Is it all at night? It starts at dusk. Right.
4: And... and when we first tried we thought let's let's see if this works and it's actually amazing because maybe it's the mountain environment but you hear your voice go echoing out into the valley and the laughter seems to come echoing back at you and it's a really cool experience and even if nature uh throws a curveball we've done a show in the rain we have covered seating for the audience and there's a cover over the stage and you're doing a show through rain and the audience it's almost like watching a live show with snow on the screen
1: right right right
4: and Things just had go. I mean, we've had dogs walk on the stage. Uh, Scott <laughs> Dumas had one about dog. the female comics No, like Scott that. Dumas was on stage one time, and a dog came up and wouldn't leave him alone, kept bumping him and sniffing his crotch, and like, hey, buddy. And so he put the dog Scott's in the act. I know, Scott. Yeah. Yeah. that's not going to pass. But it was just, it's what that. happens.
3: Yeah. I mean, have you ever had to be convinced any comics? Or just like, no, 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 trust me, this is going to... Because, I mean, yeah. The idea oh, for
4: about six, seven years, I had to convince comics. And then they start talking to the guys who were out there and went, oh, man, this is awesome.
3: Right. It's just, uh, yeah, because there is that sort of moment of like, really, outside? You know, you get, sometimes comics get like a little bit too spoiled, I mean, in in clubs and stuff, but.
1: uh, Well, I've just done, I've done five outdoor venues in my career and swore three to five of them to never do it again afterwards. (laughs) Yeah. You know. But uh, this is different because you're you know, set up by comics, run by comics. This wasn't that. So you Yeah, know. it's like
4: a paid vacation for the comics because during the day, there's so much to see and do in the area. You can go to Hot Springs, and, mm-hmm. and, and like Ainsworth, Hot Springs is across the lake, and you take the ferry ride. And if, I don't know if you've been on that ferry by
1: uh, – no. You know, no.
4: What's the longest free ferry – ride in the world it's 35 minutes through this beautiful alpine lake with just mountains on every side it looks like you're going through a fjord and you're just part of the highway system it's free and then the other side there's hot springs and they've got a 155 foot horseshoe cave tunnel you go into so it's like a steam bath in a cave and then there's other things uh down the road there's the glass house some guy who took uh embalming fluid jars used them as bricks and built a house out of it just like bizarre shit wow and there's a a handmade broom company called North, Northern Woven Broom or North Woven Broom. Uh, you can Google them, but they make handmade brooms for Hollywood and decorative ones for your house. And hanging above their uh, till is the broom from Harry Potter. Oh,
5: okay. They made
4: that broom for Bewitched. Any old Western you see you out there sweeping with an old corn broom, they made it. and You can watch them wow. make these brooms. And it's in this little town of, I think there's about maybe a thousand people that live in it. Mm. But there's so much to see there.
3: Now, have you have you ever had any issues with like uh, people that want to be cheapskates and then just sort of camp just a little bit outside of where the comedy show is? We did, and then yeah. So like, hey, don't, yeah. Hey, honey, don't worry. I'm going to save us a couple bucks. You know, we'll listen to the show from here.
4: We did have someone who did that, and uh, sprinklers took care of that, so it's all fixed. <laughs> <laughs> you hosed them down? Just put the like sprinklers civil on. Civil rights yep.
5: film footage from the 60s? <laughs> yeah.
4: You want to see the show? If you're behind the stage, you can't hear it properly. And if you're behind the audience, you can't see it properly, but you can hear it. And uh, if you're not going to pay for it, well, we just put the sprinkles on back there and keep the grass wet. <laughs> because we also do <laughs> fundraising there to raise money for a local program called the Hot Lunch Program. It's an economically depressed area, and a lot of people oh, sure. don't have not enough money. Not a sexy money. lunch program. But yeah, the but they can't stuff. feed their kids properly sometimes when times are tough. And so this Hot Lunch Program makes sure that when the kid goes to school, they've got a proper meal in front of them. And we raise you know money for that every year.
1: Okay,
3: um, <laughs> I didn't, a, I didn't hey,
4: have anything stupid to say, so no. I just kids. Wait. Okay, what, what's yeah. where's the comedy golden? This feeding starving kids. In.
1: So, what are your plans? You hope to maybe take this uh, elsewhere, like to another location? Because I mean, this is you know, I'm sure this takes a, a couple months of prep and, and work to pull it off each year, and you can only do so many of these kinds of things without affecting your ability to do other things. Or are you just going to kind of stay with this as one show?
4: Well, right. For now, we're going to leave it as one. I want to build it to the point where it's, go- it's going to have a certain number of tickets, and then that's it. It's cut off because right. it's, it's not made to be thousands and thousands of yeah, people. right. But when I get the proper sponsors on board, I want to take it to different provinces. I want to take it into Alberta and in the Kananaskis. Still stays with K for KGB. You sure. I want to go to uh, Kenosi area maybe in Saskatchewan. Korea. Korea, could State do State Korea. Korea. Oh, big, yeah. big comedy uh, circuit there in Korea. State you K. betcha. Yeah. I to,
3: whenever you say KGB, I still think of like, like the, like the Russian.
1: Oh yeah. Mob yeah. From oh the, yeah. I'm, I'm riding 80s. on their yeah.
4: coattails for publicity.
1: You got, you got to get Yakov Smirnov down there. That's what you got to get. The KGB? They're back in the what? <laughs> where are we going? Well, America well, been, love it Come that, down
3: to Branson
4: well, I've been in, talking to A couple of Big name acts To try and get to, and We want to move it Up another level This year And there's right. a lot Of a lot of new things Happening Actually our pre-sales Have more than Doubled from last year Right Because so we did this Super early bird For 22 bucks And you know People snapped them up It was great Now it's now it's jumped to 44 So And then it's right. going To go up again After that As I announce more acts The price goes up Of course Yeah, yeah. 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 But if you can trust me To put on a good show Get in early
3: Okay, that was segment two. Not segment two. That was part two. My guess was just technically a segment, (laughs) depending on uh, if you are using human centipede terms. Of uh, That was the second segment. Uh, That would be the segment that has its mouth on the butthole. What? Segment one would have its mouth on the... I don't know. I'm trying to figure out this. Uh, I'll draw a picture and I'll get back to you. So here we go. Off to... Uh, commercial, a little couple words um, from our uh, sponsors, and then we will be right back. This is Anything Goes for the week of December 18th.
2: Remember, if you don't remember it, it never happened. This is Anything Goes.
1: Out there, this is Steph Toll We're using the Darren Frost and Dave Martin on Anything Goes. I can't
2: There we go. That's nice. They now have the same number of Tour de France trophies as Lance Armstrong. This is Anything Goes. All right, we are back from the break. This is
3: Anything Goes for the week of December 18th. My name is Dave Martin. We are Darren Frost, free in the studio. This week, and uh, we are showcasing some of the interviews that we did uh, while Darren and I were at working the Calgary Yuck Yucks. And this was an opportunity. A lot of the comedians out West, they don't seem to like how uh, sort of in, in the comedy scene across Canada that uh, Toronto gets a little bit too much of a spotlight sometimes. But, you know, we like to even things out on this show. We like to give uh, everybody uh, the some attention. I was going to say the attention, the attention they deserve, but um, that's sometimes questionable. who deserves what sort of attention. But um, here we go. This is the final segment of the uh, conversation that we had with Daryl Mack. Uh, Here we wrap things up. We talk a little bit about his show and about his web series. And uh, now let's take it away. Darren, Daryl, and myself, start talking.
1: All right, and if people want to get a hold of Daryl Mack, what's the best way? Is it like Twitter, Facebook, web page? Uh, well, there's theplanettour.com.
4: That's my web show.
3: Okay. Uh, hey, can, we, do, can we have enough time to can we talk yeah. about sure. the web yeah, show? Yeah. But yeah. like, it was, so it's what is the the web show? You, you're going? Is it just across Canada? And
4: it's it's to complete bucket list dreams. Um, despite the fact uh, I was taken out by a hit and run driver, like I got back into what? motorcycling, and in 2008. It was ironic. I was just coming from a bike shop looking at new safety gear. And I went, okay, I'm going to get lunch and head home, grab the rental. Actually, James Moore and I were going to go do a show. And as I'm on my way to lunch, someone changed lanes by touch and just sent me flying. I slid into oncoming uh, traffic. And they took off. And I had broken collarbone and cracked ribs. And I thought, fuck you. You're not going to take this away from me. So I started doing the traveling and uh, eventually just got to the point where it's going to be a comic looking for cool places to see. And I just set up gigs, and I don't care where they are. I just want them to pay the budget so I can go and explore that area. Right. And that's taken me across this country twice and down into the U.S. and been to places I never knew existed. I've seen
1: some of the videos, and and are are they all still on Planet?
4: The Planet Tour, yeah. Right now I'm having a problem with iMovie. It's not letting me export. i got a video ready to go, and it's not exporting. So if there's an iMovie expert, message me.
3: All right, well, I can help you out after we we wrap up. But uh, I think that's really wild. Anytime that like a, I mean, because you're going, you're on your back of your bike, right? And you're, and it's a, it's a comedy based experience. I always just think that's very cool to have that. Uh, that it's not like you feel like, oh man, I'm, I can't believe I'm doing what I love. Oh, oh shit.
4: <laughs> I know. I, 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 if it's a long ride, hey, that's even great. Now I've got two or three days to get from here to there. What can I see on the way? And I've seen some great stuff. The moose that I saw in Kimberly, I got within, I think, 20 feet of a full grown bull moose on yeah. my motorcycle.
3: You know, what? I uh, I originally did a, a gig in uh, Sault Ste. Marie, and on the way back, I had this horrible reminder of what a city boy I am. Uh, <laughs> I'm driving along, and uh, and then I see sort of off on the side of the highway, there's like a, a bear cub, and then we pass it, and then I see the bear cub just go uh, across the road, and I swear to God, this thought went through my head. Hey, how come it's not wearing a hat and a bow tie? I was like, <laughs> oh, right, because that's fucking Yogi Bear, you fucking <laughs> dummy. Right, they're not really that. You of a cartoon. are a city boy. And I was like, but there—it was seriously that moment. I'm just like, I thought he'd have a hat and a bow tie. That's kind of weird. I well, I don't...
1: To me, you, you know, you're a city boy when the first time you see a moose, and you're driving along because you—you just cannot realize because you know, being a comic or on the road, there's all these—you know—people tell you, look, there's these guys of. You know by themselves driving they hit a moose they die and you don't understand well why does someone die when they hit a moose you just can't understand because until you see how tall they oh, really yeah. are like you can see a picture of it you can go wow that looks but until you are there and you see how fucking big that moose oh, yeah. is and now you realize, like, wow! And if this thing slid across the hood, yeah, yeah, this little two inches of glass is not stopping that no. thing.
4: No, they they just walk out, and you take them out at the knees.
1: Yeah, like it's it's. Until I saw that, I was like. Holy fuck, that yeah. is scary.
3: Yeah, it's not like the karate kid where you can just sweep the leg and, the, and you'll, yeah, <laughs> you'll, like, you'll yeah. win the championship on the uh, Kumite.
4: And at nighttime, they're dangerous because their eyeballs don't glow like elk and deer do, so they just walk out, and next thing you know, it's like a cloaking device. They just materialize in front of you, and, and they've probably
3: been drinking, too. So oh, it's all really like, time, you know, yeah. <laughs> bop, <laughs> It's uh, that <laughs> squirrel. Yeah. It's the squirrel. He's a bad influence. <laughs> yeah. The uh, now
4: uh where can people see these videos
1: particularly? So planetour.com is that The yeah. And okay, if they want
4: to know about the uh, the comedy uh, vacation, it's KGBcomedy.com. Okay. Very cool. And
1: are you on Twitter?
4: I'm on Twitter at Daddy Mac. That's uh, Daddy Mac with two Ks. Okay. And then also the Planet Tour has its own Twitter account, so does the KGB comedy one. Okay. Now why why Daddy Mac? That was a nickname I got when I was in Australia. I was hanging out with these guys, and I was the only one who was a dad. And they go, oh, you're Daddy Mac, mate, you're Daddy Mac. And okay. they would not call me by my name, so I just adopted the, the nickname. It was forced upon me over many beers, so I had to take it. <laughs> well, I,
3: yeah, that's how a nickname should be uh, you know, given to you, you. You shouldn't choose your nickname. Oh, no, no, God. Just, yeah, you don't show up to your buddies and go, hey, guys, I want you to start calling me Bulldog. <laughs>
5: <That's,
3: Yeah. laughs> you're a fucking cunt. Actually, you know what your name is? You're cunt now. That that's right. Yeah. You, if you want to be Bulldog, cunt, we can do that too. Or Daddy to be,
1: cunt. You got kids. We can, <laughs> we can handle that but yeah well,
3: Okay, I thought for a second it might be that you were a huge fan of Criss Cross, that those two kids <laughs> from the uh, the '80s that they would jump, was, jump
1: because they said Daddy Mac. Daddy say, Mac. Oh no! Uh, Jeez, jump, uh, jump, uh, oh, now there's oh, a
3: horrible
4: oh. song I have to look up. Wicked, well,
3: yeah. wicked, 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 whack. Okay. You know those kids. But uh and he starts rapping, the show's over. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That that's the cue now. <laughs> the uh, fat lady sings, or yeah, or or, or Dave, Raps. Darren or. will start reciting Public Enemy, and I'll start reciting uh, Criss Cross and yeah. the Humpty Hump song. Yeah. Uh, uh, thank you very much for uh, thanks, and 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 go uh, and, and check him out on, on twitter and the 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 comedy concerts sound really really like a cool
4: experience well, to is. check out thanks for having me on the show all right, all right cheers, thank you darren, very much cheers.
3: Cheers. all right that was the end of the little conversation that darren frost and i had while we were out west with daryl mack and uh, you can find daryl mack uh, on on the uh, the internet And on the Twitter and on the Facebook. And uh, what else can I say? Thank you guys so much for listening this week. Um, Our next episode is we're going to be featuring Chris Nanaroni, another comic from out west who's the host of Burger Wars. And uh, please uh, subscribe to our show on iTunes. We're going to replay the interview that Darren and I did with Wafik Nasarella that we aired a few weeks ago. Apparently I said some words there that uh, are not appropriate for the air, but that's, you know, that's fine. We're learning something new every day here, or at least I am, and then clearly forgetting it the next time I come in here. So, um, thank you very much once again, and uh, remember that Darren Frost is going to be in Ottawa for the New Year's Eve show on Elgin Street with Derek's again, so go and check out Darren. Uh, Approach him. He's quite approachable. Um, As long as you have $20 to buy his DVD, uh, he will not uh, bark and, and scratch out your eyes or anything like that. And, of course, I uh, I, um, I am still uh, New Year's Eve free, so uh, if you'd like to contact me, there are a number of ways to do that. And um, hope uh, you have a lovely week, and we'll see you again, or we'll, you'll hear from us again soon. And uh, remember, party hard, party safe. Good night, everybody.
2: That's it for this week. Anything Goes wants to thank Victoria for producing the show. And George Westerholm for the music used. Follow the hosts on Twitter at Comedy Horror at Dave Martin World. Download new episodes every week on iTunes. Join the Facebook group and follow the show on Twitter at Anything Goes Hot. Anything Goes helps you laugh, cry, and learn something. Come back next week. And until then, take it easy. There. This is Arthur Simeon. You are listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin on Sirius XM Radio. Wipe off your face. We're back. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin.
1: Alright, welcome back to Anything Goes and uh, now we're going to be going to our second part of the interview with Wafik Nazarella.
3: Uh, yeah, in this segment, we uh, we mostly talk about, uh, we use the N-word a number of times in there, and I don't mean nachos uh, as the N- uh, We kind of talk about uh, using shocking words up on stage and, uh, you know, when's the best time to use them and uh, what's the sort of, a, just, it's, it's a delicate balance using, you know, racial slurs and swearing, and then we get a little bit into religion and comedy, and um, what else can we say? Here's the second segment.
1: This is the second segment of Wafik Nazarella. Anything goes. Now
3: what? Uh, now, uh, like, uh, tell us more. About, like comedy wise, it's uh, now. This again. I'm going to sound stupid. Are these licensed venues or uh, is, is booze sold in the? In the um,
6: yeah, yeah. There's a lot of places that do. Um, it's really hard to find. It's really weird. Like,
1: like hard to find what alcohol just in general. Th- yeah, the places. Yeah,
6: like the places that sell it end up being in the Christian neighborhoods because Muslims aren't allowed to right, drink. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so, how big at, of a population of Christians are there in Egypt? I know you're not an expert. I'm just it, wondering it's, if you it's know. It's
6: probably about maybe 9 million out of 30 million that are,
1: are Christian. in Cairo. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot.
6: Yeah. Well, actually, no. But it's nine million out of the whole country, and the population of Egypt is 127 000, million. So okay, that's a long, yeah. the third is Christian. Hopefully, yeah, it's yeah. ten yeah, percent. Well, I think they said fifteen percent now. It okay, used to be ten. Okay, that's more. It's going up a bit.
3: Yeah, but yeah. you always. I mean, Christian doesn't necessarily mean like white. I mean, any color can be Christian. No, I know that. I just mean. Muslim, I mean, too. the yeah. idea
1: of the alcohol. I was thinking of trying to figure it out. Thirty yeah. percent alcohol would have to be much more available than than.
6: Not. You could find it in restaurants and bar like like specific places but to actually buy it it's almost like you got to go it's almost like you're buying heroin you're going down dark alleys yeah yeah
1: yeah Now, are you going to come back to North America and bill yourself as the Egyptian comic and try to run with this thing? No, God, You should. You should just run with it. It could be a hook. (laughs) I don't know any other Egyptian comics. You could do Steve
3: Martin's King Tut Closer. That
1: would be a a bit much. You could adjust for laughs like that. I'm the only Egyptian comic. The
6: one thing about all ethnicities except Egyptian, they all seem to support each other. Like, I've worked with Angelo Sarukis, The Greeks go out and droves for him.
1: Oh, they're crazy. Yeah. They're crazy and, and, for and it. And Frank Spadone, he gets every Italian yep. in Ottawa to go. Yep. But when I don't even pref- get me started with the French. The French, yeah. you know, everyone in this country mocks Quebec or, or hates Quebec. But the one thing you cannot take away from Quebec is the fact that they support their own. Yeah. Their culture isn't dying. While well, we're being absorbed by North America and being told that we're not anything until we're funny in L.A. or yeah. New York, they don't say that shit and, you know, maybe they go, you're not funny until you get to Montreal. Oh, that's a car ride away. Yeah. You know, but that's the reality of the Quebec market. They support their own.
6: It's true. You're right.
3: But they have, but I mean, but their whole, but I mean, but they they have, and they're almost brought up, and it is us against... The, the rest world, of the, the rest of the yeah. country, if yeah. not the rest of the world, because they're not exactly French. Uh, they're like it's Québécois, so it's yeah. not like you know the old story about the you know the can, the French Canadian soldiers and the French soldiers that meet in a in a bar and they have to speak English to each other to understand what they're talking about. <laughs> <I> never, <laughs> I've never heard that one. No, that's, no. Like a, that's an oldie because they're like right. a, the French soldiers sort of hear something that sounds French <laughs> and, then they're, and then the French the, Canadi- the French Canadians are like, uh oh, does well, something sound. And then, uh, and then they finally were like asking each other, where, "Where the hell are you from?" Then, and, and then they have to speak English to get along with each other. And I remember. Is actually, that a
1: joke or is that an actual base, kind of on true kind oh, of no, no, that's,
3: it, Well, I mean, it's an anecdote. It's sort of based. It's based on a true –
1: like in World War II kind of thing. Like a heritage yeah. commercial? Uh, yeah, a yeah. yeah. shitty heritage. I don't, what, I don't know what point they're getting across
3: in that Canadian heritage commercial. Just to, to increase the differences of yeah. like, look, see, they really are a separate society. <laughs> I always say, you know what, the Quebec can separate, just leave us Montreal. Yeah. You know, just we'll have a bullet train right to Montreal and back, and then that's yeah. fine. Yeah.
1: Fix yeah, it right. up first, leave it, and then yeah. Oh, the bullet train? Or no, the... fix up Montreal. Oh yeah. It's fucking yeah, falling yeah. apart, man. Well, that's another episode story. But I uh,
3: and then, so when you, how many shows did you do in Montreal? I mean, in uh, fucking Egypt? you were we just the one. Just the one, and it just got canceled. It got canceled? Yeah. yeah. Oh well. Yeah. I guess uh, I guess you can't even say that you perform there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
6: Like it's yeah. anytime you get a chance to put in a, a different country. On the list of countries you performed in is great.
1: Now, in the last five or ten years, you've done more kind of international shows. Like you've done, you've been over in Europe, yeah. Right? And uh, and is that it, or have you done other places? Like have you done the,
6: I, the Dominican, right? Uh, yeah, and then uh, but you haven't
1: done like the um, like the Japan or no, the China kind of no. extension of the England kind of thing.
6: Well, my paperwork is only for Canada, so like I even when I was in England, I kind of ran the risk of getting in trouble.
1: Oh, I see. Right, so, right, right.
6: So uh, now I've, I'm, I'm about to get my American paperwork, and I'm hoping that leads to other countries because right. I've heard of these guys that go to Wait, L.A. Well, it should lead to
5: America. <laughs>
6: <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, but enough. I
6: mean, a couple of friends that got their paperwork to work in the States, and then all of a sudden I'm reading that they're in, like, you know, Thailand or, or Australia. right.
5: Right. right.
3: Well, I think it's the sort of thing like if you go over to London there's so many European tours that are booked out of London, yeah, and I think if it's you could get like a two week visa to go you know you know Bangkok and all these other yeah things, like May- Kong must Kong be and stuff like that yeah. yeah but uh um and it, i one of the bits that you did last night um it was the uh um was the you got called a sand? Was it, you got called a sand nigger? <laughs> yeah, and then you break it down. Why don't we just use with the, the Jewish people the money niggers? And yeah, stuff. and I know, like, I mean, there is that sort of uh, there is that twinge of the old Lenny Bruce joke of if we say the word often enough, yeah. it won't hurt us. Yeah, I mean, you put a different, definitely put a different spin on it, and the fact that you know that. That were you called? That Does that come
1: from? Yeah, that, place?
6: actually, that was an absolutely true story. And uh,
1: I never heard that term until I did stand up comedy in the '90s and from another comic. Wow! I'd never. I mean, I lived a very sheltered life, but I never till almost. I'm talking like 98, 99. Wow! I've heard yeah,
3: of, I've heard some Americans refer to Canadians as snow diggers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to even take that. <laughs> yeah.
2: Exactly. Well, in Toronto, it actually hasn't had a heavy snowfall in quite
1: some time. But that's... That's so Western Canada, yeah. yeah I
6: but I think that's, like I said, the guy that came up with the nigger, that he came up with the most powerful racial slur ever. Yeah. And that's why they they, they call Arabs sand niggers, and, and maybe Canadians, they call them snow niggers.
1: Right.
3: Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh- now, do you like uh, no, when you do a, a joke like that? I mean, the first couple of times you said the word nigger, it was like it's like <gasps> yeah. You get that from a couple of times from the audience, and then but and it,
6: I, I always like I, I sit there and I'm like, you do realize I'm saying this about me, right? I'm not projecting it on somebody in the audience, You're right? Or yeah. some I'm not saying it to somebody that walked by me. It's being said to me, like, and I actually didn't even hear it. Like the story goes, my wife stops me and tells me, and and she wasn't offended until he called. Our daughter, uh, a sand nickelet. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay. So that's what
6: offended my wife.
1: Well, yeah, sure, yeah, right. I can, I can yeah. understand that. Maybe your wife thought that about you a couple Maybe. times. Maybe <laughs> she, wasn't offended. she, is. She's that's why she was She's from Sweden, yeah. It you know <laughs> uh, doesn't work out. I <laughs> 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 Will you marry me, sand nigger? <laughs> The women's Network? I think that's a reality yeah. show on the Women's Network. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: I'll take this sand nigger one of
3: those ones. Just, oh, and then they have to introduce Are the you smarter idiot.
1: than a grade five? Net? Yeah, oh, it just goes on and on and on. That probably no. That no, really probably not. A- Probably not.
3: What's the is now? Do you know what's the division between like rich and poor like in uh, in in Egypt? Is it's it, is oh, it's
6: it is absolutely. Or is it like, like
3: a dividing? Is it like you are rich or you are
1: poor, and there's a big middle class chunk, or no? There's or no?
6: no middle class at all. Uh, and how long has it been
1: like that? Because I mean, North America has been in the last you know five or ten years been talking about the the, the severe honestly, it, the of the, the middle class. last twenty years,
6: because I know I know my uncles, a lot of them were middle class, right, and they're now. Core. right like right. i went to visit my uncle michelle and i mean like i love the man but like he lives in very meager sort yeah. of like a like and he didn't before right but the price of everything went up so much like i mean they only pay the equivalent of 26 cents a liter for gasoline but everything else is ridiculous right. like i bought i had to, when i was saying i was i got the power raid It was 23 pounds a bottle, and it's like half the size of the bottle's here.
5: Right. And
6: to put it in perspective, a cousin of mine who works said, why do you drink that? And I said, because I'm not getting what I need from the water, so we had to start drinking Powerade. And he says, maybe I should get that. And I said, that's going to cost you a half day's work, because they get paid 50 pounds a day.
1: And just for everyone, you know, American 23 is probably about 25 or 26 American, and in Canadian, it's probably about 32, 33. Yeah. No, no, I, no, I, I will That's do. dollars a bottle. Yeah,
6: but the exchange with with the Canadian dollar being better, it only comes out to about four dollars Canadian, which is what it is in Canada. But you're getting a oh, big I see. bottle.
3: Okay. Uh, now, uh, okay. No, no, back to the the nigger joke that you were doing. Um, <laughs> uh, now, I just don't know. Okay, Because you you okay, then people sort of they let their guard down after the you know the third or fourth time you say it, and then they start sort of laughing at it and they real. And but do you ever worry that when you do a joke like that, that do you ever? Because there's always those moments when a comic does a joke. And you're sort of like, well, what part are you actually laughing at with that joke? Because you want to get – I know that joke is to get a point across. Yeah. But then also you're sort of saying this word over and over again. Then sometimes you might see people in the audience that are laughing at it. And, you know, if there's, but they might big... not
1: be getting it, they may just be laughing at the fact he's saying the word. Yeah. 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 It's right. sort of like. But I mean,
3: that's every comic sometimes thinks that even if they're touching on, like, are you only laughing at the joke because I ended it with motherfucker? Yeah. Or, and would you have ended it if I just said you know, asshole or, or dummy?
6: Was it Richard Pryor? Somebody said that he stopped doing a joke because of that. He did. The, he did the joke. And there's this one white guy that laughed so hard at it that he said. I don't like this joke anymore.
3: Right, right. Yeah. Well, that's the Richard Pryor, he, when he went to Africa, and he, you know, he's walking around, he was just like, you know what, there's, there's, these, are just, these are just people, these are just black people here. And yeah. then he kind of went back to America and said he's not going to use that word nigger anymore. Oh, wow. But, uh, but then I think you know, later on, he kind of brought it back Like in. for me,
1: I, I can tell the difference between when a crowd is laughing what I'm saying, yeah. right? Yeah. And laughing because I'm angry and shouting and screaming. Like there's a difference. They're of still course. laughing, but I know why they're laughing. Yeah. So, you know, when, when you do a bit like that, um, you do run the risk of they're only like especially I hate to say if you're in kind of a rednecky place, yeah. they might just be laughing at the fact, Oh, did you hear what he said? Yeah. You, know, yeah. you know, kind oh, of Oh, definitely.
6: I'm I'm sure, but it
3: like,
1: like you, you,
6: you, you really want it? them to get the point of it, but I mean sometimes it's it's just about the laugh, you know? Yeah.
3: yeah. But then I mean then there's that dangerous part of it too, where you just sort of like uh, that you kind of want to remind people is hey just because I said that in a joke that doesn't mean you could come up and come up
1: afterwards yeah. hey can I get a picture with the you know like, yeah. yeah
6: and that has happened maybe once or happen. twice yeah. yeah
1: I've seen that happen to other performers yeah. who have used the word yeah. in the rack and then afterwards audience members say that word back to them yeah not getting that they weren't saying it's okay you know? Yeah, no, ex- but the it, problem is when you add alcohol to anything everyone gets a little yeah. you know fucked it, up it, well
6: yeah <laughs> alcohol and, and a small mind yeah it's, yeah
3: Right. But, and it's, uh, <laughs> but, I mean, it, it is one of those things you, you kind of have to – you kind of worry about with it. Of uh, course. Why are they laughing? But, and, you
1: know, whenever you do that bit, I'm sure when you do it in places like – now we're in Western Canada and there's one black dude in the audience, you'll watch, I'm sure, every white person kind of look at the black person yeah. and see if they're course, laughing yeah. first. You know, like because that's that's human nature. Yep. That's that's the Because I, I used to use the word in, in a bit where someone said it to me. Mm-hmm. In front of another person. So I was just explaining what happened, right? And even though the joke was funny, uh, and even though the joke was, in my opinion, for the right reason, I dropped it because for me, it it just, there was a period of time where white comics tried to say the word to get away with it. Yeah, right. Yeah, And I was never telling that story to get away with it. I was telling the story for a different reason. But I felt that's what sometimes either crowds or, or other comics thought I was trying to do. Yeah. And I also saw it with my own eyes doing the bit and then seeing white people look at the black guy to see if they were laughing first. Well, I'll at be, me or his reaction, yeah, because when, sometimes when you say it at first, it's not the joke. The joke is coming later. Yeah, exactly. You can justify it. yeah, but when you first go through that minefield, the audience doesn't know they no. just look at the guy.
6: That's right. Oh, I, I know even still now, I think anytime I see a a black guy in the audience, sure. I do feel weird saying it. I'm glad that well, you yeah. said
3: black guy when you were explaining. Every <laughs> time <that you, right? laughs> well, I see a nigger in the audience, i don't know my <laughs> like, nigger joke. Right, but uh, but it's it's a uh, yeah. You do kind of get that sense because yeah. I remember in uh, I think uh, there's like a joke I do about you know taking down your Halloween decorations. Yeah. And um, in Ottawa once there was like a whole group of. Uh, there was like about four black dudes at a table, and it was maybe like my, one of their like white buddies, but uh, might have been there too. And uh, so I did the joke, and they laughed hysterical. But still, the rest of the crowd was sort of like, <gasps> and I had to actually go, "Come on, the black table, like, you're <laughs> allowed to too." Yeah, yeah. And then I always have to say, "Listen, uh, I'm you know, take down those racist decorations, you piece of shit." I always I try to back it up with that. Sometimes I forget, but uh, <laughs> but it is one of those things, and it's sort of like, I mean, like I had a I had a rape joke that I still believe in, mm-hmm. but, and I, there was, I was trying to make a point with it, but it, sometimes when crowns were sort of like, I don't, yeah, I, I would have to struggle with like, is this worth doing?
1: Uh, is be- your point of getting across worth the sometimes it not working and yeah. then taking it the wrong way? Right.
3: And then you're sort of like, oh, I don't want to have to like, if I have to, if the only reason I'm making my rape joke my closer is because I'm going to get off stage immediately, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe i got to debate whether, you know, if uh, I should be able to, you know, go back to some relationship material even after I do it. But then it's, uh, yeah, it, it's still a struggle where you have to think of a new way to introduce it. Exactly, yeah. Um, and uh, so do you ever have those moments of like, oh, should I do this bit? Is this the right? Place? Yes. Is oh,
6: definitely. Yeah. yeah. There, it, it's... I, we, we all know how to play a room though, you know, like, I I mean, we, we work for so many different people. I'm not going to name names, but, and, and they, and it drives me crazy because i will say, all right, this is a clean show. Don't swear. And you're like, but you know what? We know that going into the venue, we're looking at the people in the audience and we're like, if I said fuck, it would turn them off. Right, Right. Right. And we know that. So we just know not to say it.
1: Yeah, but, but you're assuming that they know you've been in it over 20 years and you know what you're doing. Unfortunately, a lot of people, regardless of who you work for, treat everyone like the same kind of idiot level, I've got to tell yeah, you every time. Yeah, fair enough, yeah. And, and not to justify it for them, but they've assumed guys knew what they were doing 20 years in yeah. and then went in and said, motherfucker, yeah. fuck this, fuck, you know? And they're like, do I really have to tell a guy 20 yeah. years in? Yeah, that time I forgot Yeah,
6: to. maybe, maybe that's true then. You're right, yeah. but, but I think we on our own would just Absolutely. know that Absolutely. like we see a saturday early show a lot of gray hairs we're, there's a few things we're going to take out now right
3: you know yeah it is that weird balance though because uh like i know when we had mark Marin on our show he was we were talking about dealing with older crowds and and you think that of all the history that they've seen that you why why are we like you know these people were once in their 20s and 30s and maybe they thought a little bit more radically then too it's sort of like yeah you know, why do you like you know it's like why am i worrying about offending someone who's been through hitler you know that, that's the old thing of just <laughs> yeah, just no like, kidding. That was yeah. Line, wasn't it yeah bad? yeah yeah Or yeah, yeah. yeah. well, i mean he's had it's like oh wow you people mark maron said oh you people are so old do you remember when condoms were lace up <laughs> just like that <laughs> yeah like why am i worried yeah. about like anything? i don't
1: cater when i see old people I'm, I'm automatically the manager will come over and they'll say to me you there's a lot of you know gray hairs here you know, do you mind toning it down? I'm like, uh, no, I'm not going to. Because generally for my act, believe it or not, it's 40 and over. They kind of love it because they understand it's real anger. It's not just fake. I'm screaming yeah. about things that maybe should be screamed about. The only time in my history I ever actually toned it down was when they told me a 50th wedding anniversary was there. Yeah. And they called earlier and, and asked if the show was appropriate. And they said Yes. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe not accept no, that 20-person exactly. booking. I know it's money and everything, but, you know, and I actually felt conscious, even though I would be right to do my act, my attitude is like, I don't want to fuck up someone's 50th wedding. No, of course I don't not. want them to be at, like, 51 and go, hey, let's go back and see that angry troll yell cunt at us again. <laughs> I love you, dear. Remember when he called me a cunt? Oh, fifty 50 was great. But I actually did feel like... Yeah. You know, I can't do this show like this.
6: Because I think he kind of thought of a family member. You know what I mean?
1: Well, yeah. And it's it's something more, their 50th anniversary for me was more important than the show. Yeah. And that might not be the, the smartest way to do it, but I just didn't want to feel that guilt. Like, I don't do 40th birthdays parties anymore because mm-hmm. I get a lot of calls. And they go, hey, you want to come and do my 40th birthday party? No, why not? Because you're a fan of me. But your family isn't going to be a fan of me, and your friends probably aren't going to be a fan of me. And I don't want to be there because I've done it before, bombing at a 40 year old birthday party, and yeah. you're the only one laughing.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have those moments whenever, like, there's a, a bachelor parties, not so much, but when a bachelorette party is there, and if I'm talking to them, just because the most of my relationship material is about relationships going wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like I'm like, oh, fuck. I mean, you know, so you always do this. Well, I, oh, hey, maybe things will Good be different for you. for you. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck with you. Or
6: I'm seeing when you're going through a divorce and you got to talk to people who are just about to get married. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. We're going to be together forever. Well, yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah I that. thought that too. Yeah. yeah, we'll wait until she leaves
3: the bathroom door open, and you're yep. to be like, What the fuck did I marry? Yeah. You, know, <laughs> yeah. saying, why you put your brook sh- on when you're in there. Yeah. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> It's like it, 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 it's sort of like, well, one of those things of just like, oh, yeah, fuck, I don't uh, like you do. You do want to make everyone kind of in the crowd happy. But you got of course, know that it's like, oh, I'm not going to start writing shit on the fly about, you know, oh, my wife is so great because. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah.
1: Now, I know this is radio and it's hard for uh, for people to know well, what you look like. But uh, <laughs> no. no, but what I mean by that is because this is this is going to affect this whole next few minutes. Because- well,
6: I definitely sound very white. Yeah, well, so right now, everybody's, maybe, saying, well, how is maybe. this white guy getting away well, with I want, talk,
1: I want to talk about appearance, which is stupid because we're on radio. But, you know, everyone look up his picture. Uh, we'll have it well, on, on, the website. Yeah, on the website. But the, my main point is, and you've talked about it before, that sometimes people don't know what you are exactly right like because you're not like african black i hate to say it like that but you're not dark black you're not white so you're in that area of like yeah are you egyptian are you um you know uh arabic and then even then
6: it's weird because i'm christian i'm not really accepted by my own country the egyptians you know like it's a muslim country and that's the way it is and that's whatever it is what it is but like
3: (laughs) That's always the one religion you want to kind of skirt around. Well, it's, it's <laughs> fine what they do. Yeah. I mean, we all know it's Safe the fanatics. The like, And, yeah. and, and
6: well, that was actually the, the good cars. thing about going to Egypt this year. I went there. I'll be honest. I went there closed-minded thinking that all Muslims are Muslims, and then they're all... Like, inherently evil. Right. But I saw...
1: Did, like, seriously, you kind of were, like... Yeah, there, I just thought The larger was, portion of are that yeah, exactly. way, and the less portion are the ones we see on TV going, that's just fanatics. Yeah, exactly. Okay.
6: Exactly. But when okay. I got there, and I saw that it's, it's actually quite the opposite. There's a lot of live-and-let-live live Muslims out there. Right, right. That it was... It really... Like, I, I feel like I should apologize to the Muslim community for the way I felt before because right. my eyes were opened by it and and it was seeing the evil Fanatical ones that made me realize that sure. there is there is a very big difference. But I mean, Malcolm X thought you know all white people were evil. Then he went to Mecca, yes. worshipped beside yes. white people at Mecca, yeah. and came out and said, you know what, they're not all evil. Well, okay, a, we're, a, we're, a lot
1: of militant blacks forget that part of Malcolm X's life, <laughs> that's right. where he kind of was like rescinding on his, some of his more harsh thoughts. But yeah,
3: know. we'll put an applause break after you said the thing. My my eyes were wide open after that. We'll put <laughs> another little applause <laughs> break for you. But I mean, yeah, it's sort of right well, I mean, when Malcolm X came back from Mecca, he was he became more of a humanist and not, yeah. such a, uh, you know, a black sort of militant uh, you know, angry, angry guy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I, uh, but yeah, so when, uh, so when you, uh, when you actually started stand up, you're, but you, you know, I mean, you just said you well, were Christian and that doesn't, that doesn't really come into your act at
6: all. It, it, no, I do a little bit. I mean, I, I, it, that's.
1: Are you it, still practicing Christian now? Yeah, very much okay, so. Okay. But uh, you haven't got it down yet? Yes. practicing <laughs>
5: That's
1: an oldie. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
6: yeah. No, well, it's uh, I, it's hard to talk about. I mean, I see so people. I I, I I see people who go up and talk about atheist stuff, and sure. it's fifty-fifty whether it's going to work or not. Yeah. You know, and and Christian stuff, I think, is even less than that. I actually think that it's more it's more edgy to talk about being Christian than it is to be okay, atheist. Oh, it's very interesting
1: that you said that because uh, next week in Edmonton we're interviewing someone who's a pastor and a comic, and we've tried to find for a long time to get even Leland Clausen on the show, but due to geography, for those who don't know, is a, is a Christian. He builds himself as a Christian comic. Mm-hmm. Um, we've wanted to talk to comics that are of Christian faith because. We've often said that before. its I don't want to say it's true alternative comedy, but it's easy to be the comic who goes on stage and goes, fuck religion. And, yeah. and even, I've even done five minutes anti-religion because some things that happened to me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't this simple, fuck religion, you touch boys. It's evil. It wasn't just that. It was something yeah. else. But it is the easier way in front of a crowd, especially in a bar drinking, to kind of bag on religion. Mm-hmm. To try to go the other way. it's—it It is harder, for sure. Well, people seem to
3: lose a grasp of the fact that like... You know when when they realize that oh, well religion is based on faith and faith is something where you will almost sort of you uh, you throw away all logic and you're just believing in exactly something. so it's sort of like whenever people go off on a rant about hey well prove to me that God exists and then someone's like well I shouldn't have to prove that God exists because yeah. it's what I believe in and it's right. the, it's yeah. the faith in it that is supposed to pull you through to the other side but it's just sort of like it, it there is a very you know, and I'm sure there are moments where I could be guilty of this, but you know, this very libertarian side of uh, of comedy where you can you can go up and you can almost predict where the comic's going to go with something. If yeah. Religion comes up, he's going to be these people are dumb. Yeah. Or if like weed comes up, it should be legal. Or if steroids come up, is let them do all the steroids they want. That's the
1: Olympics I want to watch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's why
3: you know I've always thought that like truly. Probably the most alternative comic would be a comedian that is like open about his faith yeah. and can actually still make it funny to someone who's... A crowd either, that is oh. predominantly
1: probably not faith-based. Yeah,
6: and I'll be honest, I thought Dane Cook did great with that in his last special. I
3: don't know what how did Dane Cook handle it.
6: Uh, he's he's very Christian, okay. and he was playing... You, you know his audience. I mean, yeah, sure. They're 20-somethings, and I never yeah, would have I expected...
1: I mean, his audience, is, depending on what part of America, they that's sure true, would too. be very Christian. Yeah,
6: that's true. I don't know where they filmed the special, but yeah. he did... Like, I, he did I, or or I laughed. I, I thought be, it... would it, be
1: different. I, yeah. If it was Utah, I'd make like, yeah, yeah, that's balls. That's yeah. Mormon territory, you know? But yeah, then, maybe.
3: But, but I mean, but now... Tell me, because I don't know, I mean, I know Christianity breaks off into different sex, sections that are some people believe that the Bible is like the exact word of God. And that's yeah. exactly happened. And then there are some Christians that just believe, well, the Bible is just a collection of stories. And there's the underlying words of you know Jesus Christ. That yeah. That's what we believe in. And then there's all these stories that are just basically like metaphors for how you should live your life. Yeah. Right. So it's just, it's, uh, I mean, there, there are different. And, but you know what? There was like, um. Uh, and but it, I think that like Christians don't always waive their faith as much as some other cultures do in some ways, because it was uh, I saw a uh, I don't G- know about that. Well, okay. Just, depending the, on where you live, I think. Well, depending yeah. on where you live, okay. There was that girl who yeah. got... You remember that surfer, blonde, cute, blonde surfer girl? She was like, uh, I don't know, like 15 or something like that. And she got her arm yes. bitten off by a shark. By a shark, yeah. And, and then they gave her an award at some, you know, the Teen Choice Awards. They gave her some bravery award. So, of course, ironically, that the... The trophy was a surfboard too, uh, but she gets. <laughs> but she goes up and she's sort of like, I would like to thank you know the uh, the the power of God and Jesus Christ to get me through, and that place exploded. Wow! Like, with and yeah. you couldn't believe how, and and I was just like, wow, that's pretty impressive. But then it's also like the probably the majority of the audience was like uh, early teens, mm-hmm. and. I think that, uh, you know, once you get to maybe about, you know, 16, 17, then you, maybe you start examining things over and yeah, over again. Yeah, well,
1: that's exactly why it's free will, right? right. And also, that's the only right. time in the history of an award show I'll let someone thank God and be, okay, that's fair. You lost your arm. Really? Kanye, you did a good album and thanks to God? I mean, that gets a bit much. <laughs> well, but you lose an arm and you, he helped you get through that? Okay, that's fair. Well,
5: I, I, mean, I like
6: when people say, I thank God for giving me the talent to do sure. this. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah
3: Sure. I guess so but or or I, I like to thank God for giving me the faith to do this but it's always a, it's the old joke of no one ever it's like god God, where were you? Why didn't I
1: win this award? Yeah, over I, did, Day I don't or understand Nickelback. sometimes in in rap and that culture of thanking God first, but everything you're rapping about goes against everything. the Exactly. Bible <laughs> ever has said. Yeah, like it's if, it's, if it's Whitney Houston and she wants to thank God for winning, okay. Mm-hmm. Aretha Franklin, okay. Yeah. But Aretha Franklin ain't writing about fucking drive-bys and dying. No, exactly.
6: That's right. Yeah. You know dime I mean? badge yeah. Each
1: other. I mean, that's yeah. uh, that's always when it's it's funny to me when they do that. That's why I, I use that. Of course, example. yeah.
3: Now, I don't know if this is completely true, too, but if – but someone told me once it's like the majority of the times when people are quoting, like, religion, rarely actually are they quoting the words of Jesus. They're actually quoting, like, some of the other apostles and and other other books that are out there. Because everyone always says, you know, let's face it, Jesus liked hanging out with like whores and like prostitutes and poor people, yeah. And uh, and you know, he was the guy that was you know in the slums and he didn't
1: trying to save them, uh, trying to yeah, yeah or trying change to save or so change it's, or
3: whatever. And it, it is just that funny that like people that sort of, uh, you know, they're reading their and they're quoting from other people that sort of hung around with the dude. Yeah. You know, it's like, sort of like, oh hey hey, I love John Lennon, but you know what Ringo said once? It was kind of like that sort of <laughs> yeah. equivalent. So yeah, but uh, and so, and so. Uh, how do you how do you deal with it in your act or do you much
6: i don't really it's it's to me it's almost like making an abortion joke like religion is just it's one of those topics you'll divide the room one way or another right yeah and until i figure out which way to do it then i will i definitely right. want to i want to for sure but Right now, it's just it's.
1: See, I didn't know you were practicing ca- a Christian or, or very religious. I didn't know well, that. Well, it's hard because I'm I, well, sitting there all, on stage, fuckety,
6: fuck, fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I mean, I've
1: known you for 20 years. Yeah. It's not like you're preachy about it. It's not like someone's like, oh fuck, I was stuck in the car with Waffic. Well, that's like, exactly it. You know, he told me. I've been stuck Jesus with guys like, in
6: the car that are like that, and thankfully, I can go, I can go with that flow because like I I'm I'm into it, but right. I would never subject somebody, you know, like. Oh my God! Look how beautiful it is today. God really blessed us. <laughs> right. And then somebody beside me, ah, oh, fuck off. You know, right. like I don't. I, All of a I,
1: sudden, you're at a bus stop with yeah. a ticket in your hand. Thank <laughs> exactly. you, God. Get me on this bus. <laughs> the
3: but but the, but that's a but like what wasn't isn't one of the big things that Jesus always said was just like keep it keep your religion to yourself.
5: Yeah.
6: Religion. You close right.
3: the door and say your prayers in a, in, in a, a a way like you yeah.
1: Well, it's sort of like. It, it, can mean, that can that be broadcasted more often? Just that part, <laughs> just that part of the Bible. That's the thing. Can that be that, on a T-shirt? I'll wear that well, T-shirt. I think well, people
6: pick and choose what they want from the well, Bible a lot
1: do. of yeah, times. Well, and, and that's I the, pick and choose when I go to Denny's. I get it, you know. Like. <laughs> well, that's
3: that's probably not the most evil thing about the Denny's menu, but that's one of the, <laughs> one of the evil things about the Bible is that people sort of choose yeah. what they want from yes. it. And, uh, you know, it's like – and that's the thing. It's like when they start teaching kids that, it's sort of if you get them at a young enough age, then they're going to believe And And let's
6: face it. There's enough crazies out there that the minute they do something ridiculous and the world goes, what the hell did you do? Like, the Bible told me it's all right. Right. You know, like they kill a gay guy. It says, you know, gay homosexuality is an abomination. But murder is an abomination, even worse. I mean, it's <laughs> – yeah. you oh, made know. God's top ten my, my list, whole you know? Thing is like,
1: like, you know, I'm, I'm not religious. I don't believe in faith. But you know what? I pretty much can practice. How you not believe
3: in, in – you don't believe in faith?
1: In, in most of the standard ideas of faith, like a religion, organized religion, that kind okay, of thing. Okay. So, I believe yeah. there might be reasons for things happening. But what I mean is I pretty much practice the 12 Commandments.
3: Well, the, I think the ten. 10. I know. Okay. I just right. <laughs> <laughs> didn't know where we were going. But so. I,
1: I practice pretty much the 10. You know, I'm not going to kill yeah. someone. No, exactly. I, I don't steal, general. I don't, you know, these are things that, you know, like most people who want to be good people want to live. Like I'm, I'm what they call agnostic, defense yeah. sitter. And I've always said this to anyone, you know, religious, and hopefully we'll get in this with the pastor next week. But my attitude is if I'm only doing, because they say you're going to go to hell. You're going to yeah. go to hell if you don't believe. If the only reason i'm believing is to get to heaven then i feel that's a prize thing yeah right and and if there is a true god up there right he will know the only reason i'm believing in this is because i want a prize getting into heaven
6: yeah but it's a really tough prize to get man i mean it's not as easy as you think
3: yeah my my, one of my favorite things is whenever someone like uh you can tell when someone wants to say, uh, like, shit or fuck, and then they say shoot or fudge yeah. instead. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, did you think you were just putting one over on God?
5: You don't yeah. think God knows what you <laughs> really want to say? So that's almost sort of like...
3: I think if, if you believe in an all-powerful God, he's sort of looking down going, just say shit. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Fuck it. Just you know, do it. Just say fuck. And come on. It's not that big a deal.
6: Well, the only thing... My, and I do have this in my act about uh, hearing my mom swear for the first time. And the reason why... It was such a big deal that she did is because she t- quoted the Bible to us when we would say it and say it's written in Isaiah. God doesn't like a vulgar tongue. That's not to say you're not allowed to swear. It just can't be like, you know, abbreviation or or punctuation or whatever. It just it should be
1: planned and specific yeah, like and if you're angry, was, you're to even back then when he said a vulgar tongue. The word fuck shit piss weren't around. Now that's true. Right? right? So when if you wanna really you know, heed the Bible, it's the words back then that were around then yeah. that were considered vulgar. Maybe famine
6: was a horrible word. But that's
1: that's yeah. my, my point.
3: Or maybe or actually maybe when it was originally written uh and they later took it out it was a uh, uh he doesn't like a vulgar tongue at the dinner table <laughs> <laughs> and else, hey yeah. dude if you're in the workshop i understand yeah you lose know? yeah, a yeah. finger fuck this yeah you know, <laughs> yeah you know you hit your thumb with a hammer you're gonna be like Argh!
1: yeah <laughs> pass the fucking peas. you go wash your mouth out but yeah. Yeah. yeah
3: hey don't sit down before you say that okay yeah. yeah The what now you uh you started off in uh ottawa yeah and uh and so what um what was it what now what was it like, did you ever feel like, uh, was there like a pressure to, at the beginning of, to do sort of like, you, you I don't know, like not necessarily race-based material, or just how did you, how did you first deal with the fact that you were a- Egyptian, and, and obviously you, you know, uh, uh, well, on, be, on a show of like uh, six other white comics? Yeah, well,
6: the, the thing is, I had, I have the luxury of sounding like this, definitely, right. but having a name like Wafik and being brown.
3: Yeah.
6: And, and that's all I would ever do is I wrote one really quick joke about my name and then I could say whatever I wanted after. That's yeah, what yeah. I felt.
1: But the, the, the elf yeah. in the room, you got over exactly. it and then you... Exactly. Right yeah, yeah, yeah. You know,
6: okay, I dressed Wafik, it's Egyptian
1: and here's and a funny joke about eye, it. You go used on. to your very yeah. quickly because obviously people would notice that.
6: Especially back when I first started yes. when I wore the glasses like bubbles. Yes. And, and not these.
1: Yes. Yeah, I was wondering about that because I was... Yeah. I yeah. remember it being far more... Prevalent, yeah. Able to see it, it yeah. was it, they were so big. I had to. All right, that was uh, our second segment. Now we're going to take a break and come back and wrap up our interview with Wafik Nazrul and the show. This is Anything Goes for the week of November thirteenth.
2: Show me on the dial where the bad man touched you. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin.